Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Bagel Bites. I am Robbie Nagel and this is just a podcast where I get to talk about uh, random stuff that I want to talk about. So today I'm actually going to be uh, teaching a little bit about the ancient Near East gods or the gods that are mentioned in the Old Testament. Um, if you don't know this already, uh, the uh, essentially belief of people in the ancient Near East is what's called henotheism. Henotheism is essentially that there are gods of many things, um, the water, the rocks, the sky, the sun, um, and they all exist kind of simultaneously, even between different pantheons. If people from other cultures met other people from other cultures, and they both said, like, uh, had a moon god, then uh, they would obviously be by different names. Uh, they wouldn't really get hung up. They wouldn't say which moon god was the real moon god. They would just go, oh, okay, well, this moon god revealed himself to you by a different name, and that's okay. And they kind of just got over it pretty quickly. Uh, but for this one, I want to go through uh, some of the uh, on a top gods that are essentially named throughout the Old Testament that the Israelites uh, generally struggle with over their time in uh Israel slash Cana. So for this, I'm going to use the outline uh, that's kind of set by Judges 10, verse 6. It says, The people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth, the gods of Syria or Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines, and they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. Uh, so this kind of breaks down over, I don't know, about 50 different gods or so that are mentioned, uh, but I'm really going to go over um, these seven groups, essentially. Um, so this is all going to be introductory um, level explanations. You're welcome to Google and do a lot more research. Uh, there's obviously uh, a lot more to it than what I'm about to mention here, but uh, it's kind of a entry-level understanding uh, so that you know when you're reading uh, the Old Testament, um, then you would know a little bit more about the gods that they're going off and worshiping and uh, forsaking God over. So the first one mentioned is the Baals. The word Baal was literally just a word that meant Lord. Uh, so there are multiple Baals. The name uh, in the Bible most often referred to is a storm and fertility god, Hadad. He is predominantly a Canaanite god. If you remember the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, um, they are sacrificing for rain, uh, and that's because this Baal was the god of rain. Um, but it's a title used for multiple gods, but when it's capitalized, it's generally referring to Hadad. Uh, so the next one mentioned is Ashtaroth. Sometimes the Bible says that they worship at the poles of Ashtaroth. Uh, if you end up doing a lot more research on this, uh, don't confuse this with the Goetic demon. That's a completely different type of um, uh, field of study, I guess. Um, it's much later uh, in time, or it's much more recent um, type of stories and stuff like that. Uh, so you want to be looking for the ancient Near East god, uh, Ashtaroth. Uh, this is also a goddess called uh, Astart, um, and compared with Ishtar, who's a later god, uh, goddess. Um, she is the goddess of fertility and sex, so similar to the worship 
of the Greek goddess Aphrodite. Uh, the worship involved sex with temple prostitutes. Um, that's one of the uh, markers of that type of worship. Uh, so generally people would worship uh, in multiple different ways. They would bring sacrifices. They would um, have sex with temple prostitutes. Um, but that would be the way that they would uh, become essentially one with their gods and receive whatever blessing they were trying to get. Um, but yeah, so the next gods are of Syria, Sidon, Moab, and Ammon. Uh, they're pretty much all blended together as Canaanite gods. They share uh, gods, essentially. The names are a bit different, just given that um, they have different languages. So some of the main ones that are mentioned are often Chemosh slash Molech, Marduk slash Bel, and Malt. Uh, Chemosh and Molech seem to be the same god. Um... They are the god of war and destruction. It was associated with child sacrifice. Moloch is depicted as a bronze bull that had a fire lit in it. So to, to appease this god, you would sacrifice a child to the fire. Uh, you hear the, or you read the verses that um, God tells them not to uh, sacrifice their children. Uh, he's referring to this type of worship where they literally um, sacrifice their child usually for rain or some type of blessing crops um but also victory in war um and things like that so the next group are um bell and marduk uh, they're generally seen as the same god as well uh, this is the god of creation water vegetation judgment and magic uh, this is the god uh that is depicted as having a dragon for essentially a servant uh, they were the god that you would pray to for your crops um, for pretty much everything they were usually specifically marduk was essentially the uh, top god he um he creates um the world when i um release my class on genesis as an ancient near east text i go through some of these mythologies um for some type of uh, comparative study, essentially. Um, you go through how Marduk uh, created and how the Babylonian creation myth is uh, not similar really at all to the one in Genesis, but there are uh, a couple different variables uh, that I discuss. So be on the lookout for that class if you want to learn more about that. I go into it in a lot more depth than I'm going to right now. Anyway, the final god is Malt or the god of death. So if you know Greek mythology a little better, Mott would be similar to Hades. Um, Mott would end the harvest season. Uh, it would symbolically start the fall or winter season, um, depending on how the calendar fell and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he was the god of death. That's where uh, the dead went to, essentially. Um, there are a lot more gods as i mentioned there's probably about 50 uh, in these different types of pantheons and uh, it's all a bit more confusing than it probably should be thanks to uh, a word called a syncretism uh, so syncretism is the taking of a culture and a belief um, from a neighboring people and kind of making it your own a lot of uh Canaanite nations do this, uh, whereas in some areas, they just happen to worship the same thing. So, like, the moon is the biggest one, um, because it's literally something in the sky, they see it every day, uh, so they just figure, you know, there's a god of that. Um, when it's usually, like, a river, there's a 
god or goddess of the river. Um, that's what henotheism essentially uh, continually talks about. Uh, there's always a god or a spirit or something like that of each thing that they can see, essentially. Um, but sometimes uh, a neighboring country will literally meet uh, these people, hear about these gods, and see that they're either blessed or um, they're functioning well. So they'll take them and uh, give them new names in their languages or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much what that means. Um, like, even prior to Babylon, most of these gods were just viewed as Mesopotamian gods, um, just in a broader sense. But because Babylon wrote down their myths and we have those tablets, then we can attribute them to Babylon specifically. Um, but if we didn't have that, then we would just continually call all of these essentially Canaanite gods. They would just fall under the same bracket. Um, but yeah, so back to the uh, outline that I set out in the beginning. The final group are the gods of the Philistine. Uh, Dagon is the most known one. He is the national god of the Philistines. He is the half-fish god of fertility and the land. Um, but yeah, so again, that was just a simple introduction to uh, the gods of the ancient Near East. Uh, this is a topic that I do like to talk about quite a bit, so there's a high likelihood that I talk more about uh, gods of the ancient Near East or mythology of the ancient Near East or just cultural and historical significance of the ancient Near East, especially when talking about the Bible, because that's when it happens. Uh, it's during the time period called the ancient Near East. Um, but yeah, so... As always, I certainly appreciate everybody that listens to this and tunes in and uh, texts me and comments and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, thanks again, and I'll catch you at the next one.